Hey yo, what's up everybody? Today's episode is brought to you by Romer Skincare. Right out of Chicago, Romer launched a work from home clean skincare line that covers all your skincare needs with three easy steps to follow. Here's why you should check them out. Simple ingredients and effective results. It's a perfect upgrade if you're still washing face with that bar soap or that drugstore face wash. Right now, Romer Skincare is offering our Weavecast listeners 15% off and a gift with your first purchase by using the code LISTENER15. That's code LISTENER15 on their website, RomerSkincare.com. Impress your partner and get happy skin. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Weebcast, the number one. An anim- the number one anime and manga show on the internet with your boy C-Dub, aka Mori, aka Jint Mori, aka C-Dub, aka Chris, aka The Independent Variable, aka Mr. He's Drinking um, Lipton Tea instead of water this time. It's, man, it's already, we're already, we're already uh, doing some adventurous things. Um, let me, as I take a prof- unprofessional sip of this tea. But, on the tea thing, like, I've been drinking a lot more tea and other things like of that nature before I go zero dark 30 and drink nothing but water for November and December. These last two months, I'm going to go all in, nothing but water beverages, no soda, no tea, no coffee, no nothing like that. If it ain't water. It ain't entering my body, all right? That's what I'm doing. And you guys should, you should guys get on that as well. You, you should, we should, we should do this together. I don't want to be alone in this. I, if I'm going to suffer, it'd be nice to suffer with some of my listeners at least. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let me, uh, but I hope you guys are doing well this Friday morning, um, Friday afternoon, whatever, wherever you may be listening, whenever you may be listening to this episode. Um, this may be Thursday of next week. And you're just trying to catch up before tomorrow's episode or something like that. But right now, for me, it's a, a like a, when this is sh- when the show is going up. It should hopefully it's a nice Friday afternoon. Sun is up. The, the clouds are you know scarcely in the sky. It's nice and bright, and things are feeling good. But um, I feel like I say this every week, but it's been a long week. This one felt ex- more especially long. Um, for, just due to personal reasons. Um, but it, reasons that I'm not going to get into here, but I'm just glad to do some, to talk about some anime and manga. I, I just really want to record stuff, um, and get it out there for you guys, have some fun, have some cool discussion and just kind of grow more positivity, um, in, in this community. There's already a lot, um, but I want to do, I want to foster at least some more positivity, um, as much as I can. And bring different perspectives and thoughts and feelings um, to to the landscape of the anime world, at least you know for the for English speaking countries and beyond. But mainly for English, because that's the perspective I come from. But um, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, last week's episode um, with with my boys Matt and Nico from Savir uh, Music Record, a collective uh, music co- label. 
um and, and we talked and you guys really should check out that episode but in short we talked a lot about Yu Yu Hakusho, Gundam, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, even a little bit about Dragon Ball GT and um Super um we talked about anime openings oh man um if i ever if i if i ever of course i'm gonna bring those boys back uh, i want to have i feel like we would have such an amazing time again i think even more because i think we'd be we'd get right into it you know what i mean we we would have no no slip-ups no start i think we i think we hit it off even faster than when we did when we first stopped when we first hopped on to record with each other that last week um but yeah if i I, like I said, I was like a mob boss, you know, off, off air. I had that brightly yellow and purple colored envelope with a nice rose color waxed, uh, uh, you know, imprint stamped, keeping it enclosed. I slid it over to the two boys, Matt and Nico themselves, the talented people they are. And I said, I got one. I got an offer. Come back on the show. Let's talk some more stuff. Let's talk about something. Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball, we can do it. Um, but I really want to talk to them about more anime openings and endings. Maybe do bring our, if we can make a list of our top 10 favorite anime songs, anime openings, or anime endings, that would actually be kind of freaking dope. You know, you know I, I want, if you guys would like to see that, even just an anime opening centric episode where we can talk about that kind of stuff, let me know. Because uh, I definitely want to do it with those boys. I feel like, you know, I feel like they're musically inclined. I am definitely not. Um, so it'll be really nice to see what some of their favorites, as opposed to some of my favorites. And we kind of talked about it. We kind of got into it just for a little bit into the episode, but we didn't expand too much onto it. Um, but to see that expanded upon, I thought it would be pretty damn awesome. But, um, but for this week, um, and there's a little bit of tie-in from last week. Because we talked about Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z a pretty good amount. Um, I'm going to be talking about a little bit more of Akira Toriyama's work. But in this case, I'm going to be talking about a work that's not so well known with the American audience. And I mean in the the United States. Because chances are you've heard of Dragon Ball. And you've heard Dragon Ball Z. You've heard about Dragon Ball GT which probably isn't much, but you've heard about Dragon Ball Kai. You've heard about, ooh, even worse, Dragon Ball Super. I'm kidding, it's not, it's not, it's not that bad, but, but, um, fuck Jiren. Jiren, worst villain of 2018, 29, whenever that Super was run, I don't really care. Don't really care about that much about Super, but. Sorry, I had to take another sip of tea there, but many American fans, many of them probably haven't heard about Akira Toriyama's first big hit, Dr. Slump. Um, Dr. Slump is a comedy manga and anime series about a cute little girl robot and her creator. And you heard me right. Cute robots. Um, and Dr. Slump is belongs to a unique subset of Japanese anime and cartoons featuring cute robots. Because um, we usually tend to think of fictional Japanese robots as being big, bad, and tough while fighting to save the world. And I'm, th- and I'm thinking about titles like uh, Gigantor, Voltron, Robotech, the Gundam series, Transformers even. But how about, and hear me out here, cute, adorable robots. Alright, you, you follow me? You follow me? It, let's move back. Let's, uh, let's, let's take, um, 
let's move back and and i'm not talking about throwback you know 1990s i'm talking about i'm talking about 1950s with a certain show by one of the god of anime himself um astro boy a boy robot superhero he was followed by doraemon you know the cute robot cat from the future um the personal comms of chobits um chobits chobits is another low-key show you guys need to watch check out it's not it's not the great it's worth it has some nice really scenes that i think that can hit pretty hard but sumomo from chobits um would fit into this cute robot category i guess um i guess the more recent example would be nano from michijo uh, which is another comedy gag kind of anime um focused on you know a robot cute robot um but in dr slump's case dr slump um stars the robot girl arale norimaki created by the inventor senbai norimaki uh, and, and side note these characters most of the characters uh, are named after different varieties of japanese rice crackers and these snack foods are often lumped together under the name uh, senbei or osenbei but Arale-chan doesn't really look like a robot. You know, she she just appears to be a normal, average little girl with purple hair and glasses. And in the first chapter of the manga, Senbei claims that she's 13 years old, although she acts often like a five-year-old, really. And Toriyama's use of chibi art certainly helps to make her look younger. Which brings me to another side note. Uh, Kira Toriyama's chibi art is freaking awesome. Um... I mean, you really see it a lot in the Dragon Ball. Uh, you don't really see it too much in Dragon Ball Z anymore, and definitely you don't see it in any incarnations after that. But in Dragon Ball, they would he utilized a lot of his chibi art with a lot of his with a lot of the characters that we know and love, you know, Krillin, Goku, even Roshi in a certain sense, and and promotional things in the manga, uh, just art that he would post. Um, you can look it up. You can probably do. You could probably search this up on Google and you'll find tons and tons of chibi art officially done by Akira Toriyama. A bunch of Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball characters, um, which is pretty cool. Um, just another skill that we don't give Akira Toriyama too much credit for. Um, we think we, he's just a one-note kind of guy, but that's not the topic of this discussion, at least. Because um, this topic, we're going to talk about some robot combi with Dr. Slump. Because... Dr. Slump is a really, is a, essentially it's a silly, goofy, absurd manga. And that's full of just sight gags, slapstick type comedy. I mean, he even throws in some toilet humor and somewhat some naughty, but you know, kid-friendly jokes. Um, and that fourth wall is in constantly in danger of falling down almost on every other page. Uh, just in the first chapter of the first book alone we get a really good idea of what sort of series this is going to be you know let's say you just open it up and you were like you know what let me check out this dr slump curatory what the hell is this and i wrote down some things i could have wrote down maybe like 20 <laughs> but this is just i just wrote down a few things from my from the first chapter of the first book and that really capulates capsulates the uh what we're going to be getting in this manga Number one, O'Reilly manages to hurt Senbei before she's even fully put together. She ain't even a full robot yet, and she already, she's already causing trouble for her 
for her creator someday. Um, and I think it all started with a misinterpretation that he told her. Um, and that's how she ends up hurting. And trust me, that happens a whole lot. Um, and despite, second, despite being a, a powerful robot, Riley needs glasses because she's nearsighted. I'm just going to let that one sit in. Senbei may be a genius inventor, but he forgets little details when building a rally, like such as providing her with appropriate clothing. And, and, and no, when, when I say that, there's, there's nothing perverted here. Um, that's probably, I mean, that's probably the first thing that your mind went to, but trust me, it was, it was nothing perverted here. It's just that uh, her first quote unquote outfit is Senbei's pajamas, <laughs> pajama top, which fits her like a tent. Um, cause he didn't have any, he didn't have any, um, daughters. He didn't have any small children. So he, obviously he didn't have any small children clothes. So he was like, you could just wear my pajama top. <laughs> um, thirdly, third, in order to get clothes for Riley without looking like a, um, I don't know, like I said, a perverted old man weirdo, somebody goes to a clothing store in disguise and he wears a nice, very nice, very sexy schoolgirl outfit and uh, oh, chef's kiss. But moving on, O'Reilly's first trip out in public is a straight up disaster because she doesn't know anything. And it really shows she tries to order engine oil at a restaurant, which I thought was which which and I'm just replaying the scene in my head, which it, you have to go. You have to read it. Make sure you go read it. You'll, you'll laugh. Um, next, someone notices O'Reilly lacks human nostrils, and Sinbei breaks the fourth wall to explain that this is because it's the art style of the manga. Um, and I should say, yeah, I was gonna say, another side note, how I many is that, three in this episode? God damn, Chris, but, um, not only O'Reilly-chan, which you probably were soon breaks the fourth wall, but... A lot of the other characters do as well. And Senbei does have his fair share of breaking the fourth wall too, which is funny. And I, I tend to like it when he does this as well. Because he usually explains things like this. Um, and another, I had another note. At first, Riley doesn't know any better than to run into, into the street. And of course, you know, it's not really a problem. You know, her super strength, she can even knock over a car when she does. Um... And, and so uh, those are just a few things that I, I got from the first chapter that really kind of just gives you the idea of what you're in, what you're in store for, for the, the entirety, uh, you know, for the entire run of Dr. of Dr. Slump. Um, and Senbai really tries to keep O'Reilly's robotic nature a secret. You know, claiming that he that she is his little sister. Um, and when somebody questions the holes in his very thin, very flimsy story, he switches to the he switches to the equally troublesome claim that she is his daughter instead. Um, which I was gonna say, without any visual visuals here, you were like you may not get, but if you see it, you, you'll see the some of the hilarity in there. Though, but. Since Arale is allegedly 13 years old, somebody try, you know, sends her to Pengu um, Penguin's Village Middle School. And of course, this is comedy gold for all sorts of silly school situations. And for example, you know, Arale tries out for various sports teams and various sports clubs. 
and in some cases she's you know way too damn strong to be useful you know destroying balls and destroying equipment and but you know she's just a naive robot and so she really fails to understand some of the vital points such as you know the need for a swimsuit in a swim club um and O'Reilly has a, a robotic head for numbers and she's extremely strong so it's a bit surprising that no one seems to realize that she's not a robot you know some of the obvious there's just so many obvious obvious cues <laughs> that she just the stunt she pulls off in the um at the school and they're like and i'm like i know you guys are small kids but you guys have to understand like you know she ain't no more right like <laughs> and another cool thing about dr slump and which is sort of similar to another famous japanese cartoon anime i am of course uh doraemon one of the biggest probably one of the most inf- influential animes in the entire in japan especially um not so much here but it's one of the huge was one of the largest animes over there for sure and and that's to do with the with the inventions and other invention silliness um but dr slump is really similar to doraemon the main character is a little kid and the inventive senbei comes up with all sorts of helpful and unhelpful gadgets you know orale even comments on the comparison even between the two uh series which is really funny but early, early on, early on in the manga, he invents glasses that allows him to see nothing but living things. And in essence, this means that he can see naked people carefully censored for the audience, of course. He claims that this is for research purposes. Um, and, this research, and this research bit or joke follows directly from a previous bit where Riley realizes, you know, thanks to her interaction with others, that she is missing something important. You know, and during a silly conversation that dances around exactly what that thing is, the inventor oft, you know, offers to build her one. Um, the only problem is, is um, he hasn't seen one before. Um, and in another chapter, Senbei invents a ray gun, which can make things smaller or larger. It sounds great, right? You know, it can create huge amounts of food. You know, make big things easier to carry, you know, etc., etc. And and um, then O'Reilly uses to make make the house tiny, and make tiny bugs huge. Um, and he also creates a camera that can take photos of of what things will look like in the future. Um, O'Reilly, for obvious reasons, doesn't really look any different in the future. Um, which I think they go into the '90s. I think it just flash forwards like a decade or two decades into the 90s because she's a robot, um, which is pretty confusing for Riley's friends and disappointing for her because she, and which is another interesting point, um, she wants, she actually wants to like grow and learn more and she wants to grow up, you know, get bigger. Um, and there's also this a robot tracking dog that needs to pee. Um, and even Senbei himself doesn't really know doesn't seem to know why he would even include that function on one of his own inventions it just seems like extra work um for him and that's just a small fraction of some of his of some of his inventions and some of the silliness and the gags that come with it um but 
but I guess you, I guess you go into some other characters. I've talked a, ro- a lot about Orale and uh, Senbei, the cre- her creator, but there's some uh, there's some other really noteworthy characters, um, and that's uh, Akane Kimidori, which is Orale's school girlfriend. She's characterized as being like the tomboy, being uh, really a bit of a troublemaker. Um, and in one chapter, Arale and Kane switch clothes and hairstyles to look at, you know, look like each other. You know, normal, normal things that kids would probably, a kid, two kid friends would probably do, right? And this gives Akane the chance to learn how strange Arale's home life really is. You know, and meanwhile, Arale, as Akane, acts like her usual weird robotic self around others. Um, another one, another character, uh, Taro Soramame is another friend, and he's kind of like the hoodlum, the local tough guy in this city, and he's somewhat older than Arale's other friends that we kind of get, I can't quite remember his age or what they say, how old he is, uh, but just the way they, they have him talk, they have him interact, it just, it seems like he's maybe just a few years older than, than Arale and her friends. And in volume two of the manga, he enrolls in high school. And Taro has a little brother named uh, Pisuke. Um, and then I, for- I should talk about Gachan or Gajira Noromaki. It's an odd little addition to the Noromaki family. She's a little winged creature with small green antennae. And Gachan first appears in a manga chapter where Senbei, Arale, uh, and I think Pisuke visit the prehistoric times using a time travel device and obviously it's one of Sunday's numerous inventions and they bring an egg back and Gachan just um hatches from it um and eventually a little later <laughs> later in the manga Gachan just becomes two Gachans um and they're both named Gachan yeah <laughs> um so I'm trying to think of some other. Oh, Midori Yamabuki. Um, she's Arale's school teacher. I think Senbei eventually falls in love with her, um, and then they also eventually get married, which is really nice. Um, we have uh, Obot. Oh wait, is it Obot Chaman or Obot Obot Chanman? I can't remember. I can't quite remember how to say his name. Um, but he's a male android. Arale and uh, Obot Chaman share same blueprints. They're very similar blueprints, and he falls in love with Arale. But where is Dr. Slump? It's probably what you're asking, or one of the questions you're probably asking about this silly-ass manga. Um, technically, there is no Dr. Slump in Dr. Slump. It would really, it would seem to be just a nickname for Senbei. Um, and in one translation of the anime, he is actually called Dr. Slump exclusively. Um, the name penguin village is also a pretty is a pretty big mystery as well it's not a cold freezing place and the people aren't penguins obviously there are various furry cartoon animal people just like in dragon ball um but we do eventually find out that the mayor of penguin village is a penguin so that's the really only connection that we get for for the name of the the place where this setting where this story takes place um but and you've probably seen pictures 
you know, if you're if you're a Dragon Ball and a Dragon Ball Z fan, you've probably seen Oralei Chan. And you've probably seen Oralei Chan with Goku in pictures and videos on YouTube and such. Um, because Oralei Chan made several appearances in Dragon Ball. Akira, there's other really big hit you probably heard of. Um, and I th- and don't I don't you know I might be wrong in this, but I think it's it starts in chapter 81 in volume seven of the Dragon Ball manga title chased to penguin village uh, and this crossover story features several dr slump characters um and the story takes place during the middle of general blue um general blue's kind of arc in dragon ball um general blue is you know part of the red ribbon army um no i think i guess that arc was just called the red ribbon army saga right isn't that right it's been a while since i've read Read and read the original Dragon Ball manga, but I think it was just the Red Ribbon Saga. It was just that where General Blue was um, um, showcased. Uh, and like I said, Goku's still a kid, um, and the comedy elements of Dragon Ball are much much stronger than in its later inceptions of Z and Super and GT and all that stuff. Um, and then, but in this chapter, chapter eighty-one, Senbei gets a brief cameo, and he uses it to break the fourth wall. You know as he usually as he usually does and he's just happy to appear in a jump story again um and i he, and that's just and i guess i should explain it a little bit because the dr slump manga ended in shonen jump in 1984 and this story i think chapter 81 of dragon ball in volume 7 that must have at least been in 1998 i mean 1986 1987 um so it's been a few years since he was seen in jump so that's that's why when he first appears in chapter 81 he's like man it's so good to be back in a jump in a jump manga story but orale gets a bigger role in this chapter and she eventually meets goku and chases after him um and orale catches up with goku in the next chapter the broken dragon radar and goku talks some more with orale but there's really no time to chat because he has to find General Blue. And it's a really short bit of comedy with Superman, um, which is Dr. Slump's parody of Superman. Um, and story, the story then continues on as Arale gets a chance to ride Goku's famous Kinto-un or Kinto-kun or the Nimbus Cloud. That's what you guys probably know it as. Um, and it seems that Dragon Ball Radar is broken. And Arale knows somebody who can fix it. The one and only, the great man himself, Senbei. And Senbei fixes the radar in the next chapter. The stolen or the missing dragon radar. Um, you really should see the cover art for this chapter. Um, as it shows Arale wearing Goku's orange gi and riding on the Nimbus Cloud. It's so great. It's so cool. You, probably, you maybe have seen it on the internet at least once or twice you probably you know maybe you have run across from it but it's so cool and meanwhile goku is wearing a rally's usual outfit and even has a goku version of a rally's hat it's awesome it's great it's great work great artwork from akira kira toriyama um but the dr slump dragon ball crossover ends with a rally showing that she is more than capable of fighting general blue and a rally sends general blue flying instantly no sweat um and this does get adapted into the Dragon Ball anime as well. I should, because um, this wasn't just a manga-only thing. I think they, they've also adapted it into the Dragon Ball anime as well. But um, 
but she's also made more recent appearances um somewhat more recent appearances um O'Reilly would actually also cameo during the copy Vegeta saga in the Dragon Ball Super um in 2016 in episodes I think 42 to 46 um but this was only an anime story and I don't think she appears in any of the Dragon Ball Super manga work at least I don't think so because I don't follow the manga too closely or the anime like I said because I don't think it's all that good but you know that's just me Goku um actually accidentally teleports to where O'Reilly is and Goku is you know much older noticeably older and O'Reilly is still the same and O'Reilly would appear again near the end of the uh, future trunk store uh, the future trunk saga and Goku is providing some security at an invention conference and that's and where Senbei Norimaki is one of the winners at one of these conventions um, but unfortunately Dr. Senbei is what they called doctor he a doctor well Senbei Senbei's rival um, Dr. Mashihirito is also at this convention and Mashihirito is actually a ghost but he's mad that he wasn't invited at the event and Mashihito has brought Arale and the Gachans with him um, he also fed them a special chemical which makes them want to play uh, you might just have to read it yourself it's but Riley plans with plays with Mr. Satan but her play is too rough for him and you know Mr. Satan just can't catch a break but then Vegeta also even fights Arale um and the little girl robot you know holds her own you know like I said she's she's not you don't want to mess around with Arale um and and which is also funny which like Vegeta doesn't seem too happy having to fight a gag character and Goku is reluctant to fight her which I thought was a really cool um tidbit to throw in there that Arale um that most gag characters are bothersome to fight because they're usually just just they just need to be powerful for the story <laughs> and but it was, it's really funny um but Vegeta continues to fight the robot girl um but the action's just more comedic than anything else um and I think O'Reilly even wins her fight with Vegeta, funny enough. Um, and then Goku and O'Reilly finally recognize each other. Um, and then they fight. Um, but this fight seems much more evenly matched. Um, no, there's really no victor here. Uh, and there are some pretty, some silly, you know, poop jokes thrown in here randomly. And eventually the ghost of uh, Dr. Mashito is, is stopped. And that was the end of that. And I think that was a really weird goddamn episode. Jesus. Now I'm thinking about it because I was looking over and I was like, man, this this was a real thing Kiri Toriyama did, huh? Or at least had a hand in. Um, but a little bit of history just on Dr. Slump because it ran, it only ran for about four years. Um, Dr. Slump manga ran from 1980 to 1984. Um, you can actually, and it's, like I said, you can read it for, for, you can read some of the few chapters for free on Shonen Jump Viz Media app, which I get my Shonen manga, Shonen Jump manga. And if you get the subscription, which Viz does not support, does not, <laughs> it's not sponsoring this show. I mean, I, I'd wish, but 
um, I do tell, I do think it's a really good, the, the app at Viz is really good. Great quality. It's seamless, never really lags. And you get all, and if you like Shonen Jump, mainly, if you only read manga from the Shonen Jump magazine, like you read a lot of One Piece, you read a lot of Dr. Stone and all that good stuff. And, you know, you, you, it's, I think it's pretty much worth getting. And it's at a really low, low price, uh, monthly price. Um, but you can read actually the entire GOG manga um, on the Viz Media app. Um, and there's also an anime adaptation, um, which I think it's called not I think it's called Doctor Slump and O'Reilly Chan, and that ran from 1981 to 1986, I believe. And the anime had over 240 some episodes. Um, there was an eventually a remake, I think, in 1997. Which is probably the one that a few that people who do like or real heavy into anime and retro anime may have seen. Uh, and when they think, when they, you know, of the Aralic and they've seen, it was probably from this 1997 remake. Um, and the remake kind of changes the story somewhat in this 1997 remake. There's a few changes. The most notable one right off the top of my head is that Aralic was created by accident in this version. As opposed to in the original 1981 anime, um, Senpe, uh, Senbei was intentionally was trying to create a robot. Um, but there's also been 11 animated films. Um, there's also been video games and light novels. Um, and these are I, these are some. This, I got this is just some of the Doctor Slump film titles. I got. Dr. Dr. Slump and Riley John. Hello, Wonder Island. Um, Dr. Slump, the Ho-Yo-Yo Space Adventure. Um, Dr. Slump and Riley John. Ho-Yo-Yo-Yo, the great race around the world. Uh, the <laughs> Dr. Slump and Riley John. Nincha, clear skies over Penguin Village. Um, uh, Dr. Slump and Riley John. Nincha, excited heart for summer vacation. Dr. Slump, uh, Riley John, surprise burn. And there's many, there's a lot more. Those are just a few of the ones that I had um, <laughs> written down here. But um, like I said, this is real. I'm just scratching the surface of Dr. Slump of Toriyama's first great series. Um, and for people who are big fans of Kira Toriyama, love Dragon Ball, love, dra- love mainly Dragon Ball Z, didn't know, doesn't know too much about Dragon Ball. Um, or maybe you are and you maybe, maybe or maybe you know a little bit, you do love Dragon Ball. And you're wondering, like, why does he throw so much comedy in? Well, it was because, you know, his first notable work was Dr. Slump. Um, and not only is he really good at action and adventure, as we've seen in the Dragon Ball and its Inceptions, is that he's really funny. He, he especially toward, for kids, he could be, look, some of the kid, you know, they're kiddie jokes, toilet humor, all that good stuff. But um, some of the comedy is actually kind of well written, and it really, and and it's really lighthearted, and it makes you feel good. It makes you laugh. It does everything in between. It's really nice and sweet. Um, and I really just wanted to spend some time, just a little bit of time, scratching the surface and talking about Doctor Slump. Uh, if you enjoyed, if you enjoyed listening to the history and learning a little bit more about um, Toriyama's first great series, um, let me know on Twitter or let me know on Instagram, and maybe I can do another episode. Um, digging a little bit deeper into Dr. Slump series because um, it does it deserve a little bit more attention from the American audience because it's it's fun it's fun and funny and you get to see a little bit of a different side of Akira Toriyama 
and his writing chops. Basically, you know, get to see some more of his talents there. Um, but on the other side, on the other side of this episode, of course, I'm going to have to hit you with some more manga. I know it's been a bit. I didn't have one for um, last week's episode because last week I wanted that was just Matt and Nico and I just hitting it, get, talking about some cool stuff, having fun for about an hour and some change. So I didn't do a a uh, a manga corner, a weekly manga corner for that episode, um, but I will do one for this episode. Um, so stick around. I'm gonna hit some. There's gonna be a few ads real quick. Talk about the talk about you know my friends at Anchor. Um, telling you how to telling you that you should guys vote as well. But um, but after that, hit some music, hit some ads. I'm gonna talk about um, some manga, specifically Jujutsu Kaisen's chapter 126. Um, cause I got some thoughts. I got some thoughts about it. But that'll be on the, the on the other side. Stick around. I'll be right back in just a few seconds. All right, guys. I'll see you. Let me just be real with you guys. When you think of anime, you think of Crunchyroll. When you think of food delivered real fast, you think of Postmates. So, when you think of podcasting, what do you think of? Or at least when I think about podcasts, I think about Anchor. Anchor is the perfect place if you want to start your podcast. You can talk about all kinds of things. You don't just have to talk about some weave stuff that I talk about. See, in Anchor, there's a set of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone. It's crazy. And Anchor will actually distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. All you have to do is just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, hey, it's Weebcast Radio. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. I'm glad you guys stuck around because um, one of the few chapters, I'm bringing you three chapters, like as I usually do for the weekly manga corner. Um, but I'm bringing one to you that really stood out this week for me um, when I was reading through many of the chapters, and that was Jujutsu Kaisen's chapter 126. But it's the ending of a week. Which can only mean one thing here on Weebcast. It's time for some more weekly Shonen Jump reviews here on the weekly Manga Corner. Shueisha's legendary manga magazine has been releasing every week for over 50 years at this point. And it still has exciting enough series in its roster to justify its hollowed status. Plus, with Viz Media now publishing the entire thing in English, there's never really been a better time to jump right in. And then in this episode of uh, the Weekly Manga Corner, I will investigate the latest and the greatest in the world of Weekly Show and Jump, telling you what's worth your time and what's not. And in this week, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about Jujutsu Kaisen Chapter 126, A Gravity Boys Chapter 40, and Chainsaw Man, no surprise, Chainsaw Man Chapter 89. Um... Usually and usually I usually talk about the series just from the, the main line of the Weekly Shonen Jump magazine and not so much about the Jump Plus, which also has some really good series. Um like Spy Family, uh, Kaiju Number Eight. Um both of those series in particular have had 
so great. Had some really fantastic chapters this past week. Um, with the former exploring the relationship between Lloyd and Yor. Um, and then Kajunomare kind of taking the setting a very high power ceiling for which is going to be exciting for people who love high motor high power you know extremely powerful characters and and creatures and all that stuff i think kaiju number is going to be turning into that series very very soon um and both of those chapters nearly just barely missed missed it for this week um on the weekly manga corner but one of these days i definitely want to talk about it i've talked about spy family um, and I think I reviewed the first volume. I may review the subsequent volumes pretty soon. I should probably do that. I should catch you guys up on some spy family. Um, and the kaiju number eight, I've never, I've, I've not talked about it. I may referenced it maybe once, if not twice, but, um, I've not given it the time that maybe that it deserves. And one of these days I'm going to have to do an episode and telling you guys, catching you guys up on it and giving you guys a little preview of kaiju number eight. Um, um, Ghost Reaper Girl, meanwhile, continues to be a uh, thing. Um, and Moriarty and the Patriot, Moriarty the Patriot is also on Shonen Jump right now. Added in another manga that is not published in Weekly Shonen Jump to the platform. Um, but, you know, things are getting kind of confusing with Shonen Jump with these additions and, and all this subtractions, all this stuff. But anyone... Let's get into the manga. And let's start off strong with Jujutsu Kaisen chapter 126. Um, and it's chapters as Jujutsu Kaisen chapter 126 that has convinced me that there is some sort of giant conspiracy. Seriously, it, it can't be an accident that as Nobara is getting um, introduced in the anime, she's dying in the manga. You know, although the flow of the story up until this point has been too perfect to think that you know, Akutami has planned all of this, I can't help but be a little bit suspicious. And what's funny about this development is that it creates a situation where all of the anime onlys are tweeting about how much they love her. When us manga fans know exactly what's coming down the line, and to be fair, Studio Mappa's anime adaptation will probably take a while to get the Shibuya um, incident. Um, But when it does, we can all be satisfied in knowing that we were there to see it when it initially happened in Jujutsu Kaisen Chapter 126. Um, That's a story and a half to tell the grandkids, you know what I'm saying? But to kill off one of your main characters is no idol development. And one can't help but wonder if this might be reversed sometime in the future um still in the meantime Gige Akutami is making sure that what the, the that we feel the weight of Nobara's death um and Jutsu Kaisen's chapter 126 starts off with an excellent vignette that sees the main trio up to no good um it's funny it's heartwarming um and heartbreaking all at once and it's a really a perfect way to start your chapter um and to be c- completely clear transparent here Nobara technically died in the last chapter in 126 but it's only in Jujutsu Kaisen chapter 126 that we see the development truly come to bear namely Itadori is forced to deal with the extraordinary amount of mental anguish that it, it unleashes you know and as the narration states here um 
it states that Itadori's resolve had, quote unquote, reached its limit a long time ago. And after his loss to Choso, Sukuna's rampage and Nanami's death, um, Nobara's death is just the trigger. But what an effective trigger it really is. And Mahito, of course, takes no time at all in taking advantage of Yuji's de- um, desperation. He immediately launches an attack and launches into a monologue that is among some of the most brutal I've ever seen, um, directly addressing the reader, saying, and I quote, I bet you thought you were going to do some pest control or some ghost exterminations and like in some make-believe story. Uh, he makes he makes the very important um, that Itadori has never stopped to count how many curses he's actually killed. So why should he feel about killing humans? Um, the comparison between Jujutsu Kaisen and Hunter x Hunter have been made several times. I even talked about it a few weeks back and when I talked about it on the weekly manga corner at one point I kind of talked about some of the parallels they had um but this speech in Jujutsu Kaisen chapter 126 makes another similar very similar clear that the cursed spirits in Gige Akutami series and the Chimera ants and Yoshihiro Togashi's are very closely similar and how they're being set and how they're being worked um, and how they're being treated and how we view them. Kamir ants, uh, much like the ants, the cursed spirits in Jutsu Kaisen represent an existential threat to the continued existence of humanity. Um, and as a result of fighting for their own existence um, in a situation, and it, it, it can be hard to tell who is the hero and really who's the villain. You know, after all, wouldn't we, wouldn't we fight back if we were being exterminated? Um, of course, the comparison only goes so far. Um, the cursed spirits are not a separate species from humanity, for one. Um, given that they are born from our negative emotions, um, one has to wonder then if Mahito's desire to replace all humans with cursed spirits would even work. You know, without humans, there would be no cursed spirits. You know, furthermore, there are chimera ants in Hunter x Hunter that grow to appreciate and even ally with, with the humans. And from the looks of Jujutsu Kaisen Chapter 126, it doesn't really look like that's going to be happening anytime soon. Um, but on a final note for this chapter, Itadori is saved from some from certain death at the hands of Mahito by Toto, uh, who comes to save him in you know just in the nick of time. And this would appear to set up a moment for, of a counterattack, you know, built upon the foundation of Toto and Itadori's friendship. Um, But whether or not Itadori will be able to fight back in his demoralized state um, and whether things will ever really be the same after the death of Nobar kind of remains to be seen. Um, Jujutsu Kaisen Chapter 126 really, really does not pull any punches. Um, Just taking a break there. Just taking a breath. That was kind of a heavy one. Um, Jujutsu Kaisen Chapter 126 was always going to be tough to cover. Uh, which is part of the reason why the comedic A Gravity Boys Chapter 40 is such a good palate cleanser. Um, yet, it is much more than a, than that, because a marked improvement on the series' current arc, as well as a celebration of how far it's really come. And at the time of recording this, um, A Gravity Boys is selling pretty well, and the OB wrapped around my copy of the latest Volume 3 declares that reprints are continuing, one 
after another. Um, a Gravity Boys Chapter 40 is well aware of this. In order to commemorate the sales performance as well as the latest color page, it, it takes a break from the main story real quick to bring us a chapter that has nothing to do with our main plot. Um, surprisingly enough, that turns out to be a very good thing. Because a Gravity Boys Chapter 40 takes the form of a parody of a radio show responding to fan letters and occasionally cutting away to an ad break um and it's it's actually pretty fucking hilarious as not only the fan letters are well selected but the ads are about debt relief for some reason um and of course that would be to assume that the fan letters featured in gravity boys chapter 40 are real but there is enough reason to believe that so uh although chris says that he doesn't remember putting out a call for those um but I do. Because um, in chapter four, Chris's nipples were covered with an address to send author Atsushi's Nakamoto fan mail. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit if people actually sent him letters. And the way that they read definitely makes it sound like they're from people who enjoy the series and the, and the humor in the series. In any case, uh, the fan letters lead to all sorts of gags and funny moments in the Gravity Boys um, chapter 40. Uh, the one about Chris is obviously pretty hilarious, but a special shout out has to go to the a Gravity Teacher Corner. You know, bullying Geralt is just always a blast. And I appreciate the fact that one of his defining character traits is that he has hemorrhoids. I don't know why it, it cracks me up every single time they bring it up. Um, but probably my favorite gag in the Gravity Boys Chapter 40, however, comes when Chris and Saga read out a poem from the anonymous listener who is clearly Arsh. And at first, it appears to be like a random verse about how much he loves Geralt, but very quickly turns into a parody of the poem of Elkreen um, by Goeth. Um, look it up. I've got to say, I didn't expect a Gravity Boys to ever make a reference as highbrow as this, um, but I really like it. Um, and speaking of Arsh, the way that the that the Northern Alliance is intercut with the mad manic action in the recording booth. Is both is just both excellent and providing a perfect counterpoint with their idle boredom. Um, and much like previous uh, chapters, Atsushi Nakamura is pro is providing that he can write strong char- character-based comedy in contrast to his gag-focused uh, debut. Um, unfortunately, those previous chapters also pale in comparison to the quality of Gravity Boys Chapter Forty. You know, while the series has always been you know hit and hit or miss. This particular ongoing arc has been all misses for me. And not only did it start off with a pointless baseball match, it, it, it swerved quickly into an unexpected territory with the foundation of the Gravity Mining Company. And true, you know, I've had some laughs here and there, but I spent most of the past few weeks just wishing that it would just get back to the main plot. Um, but regardless, A Gravity Boys Chapter 40 is a brilliant celebration of how far the series has come. Um, and if you like, and if you told me that a couple of months ago that Ashishi Nakamoto series would still be running in the magazine, I probably wouldn't have believed you to be honest. But that just goes to show that you, you can never really predict success, nor what consumers will actually like. It's like a jungle out there, and it's it's a wonder that we can keep ourselves from going under. Um, unfortunately, we're gonna have to, uh, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna have to make another tonal U-turn. As we head from the comedic of Gravity Boys to chapter f- uh, of chapter 40 to Chainsaw Man chapter 89 as Tatsuki Fujimoto series is a little more serious. Kind of. 
previous chapters of my favorite jump series has come dangerously close to completely killing off the series' momentum. Um, that much is obvious, but you can't just go around killing off most of your most popular characters and not expect some backlash. You know, it has to mean something. Luckily, part of that is kind of breaking through in Chainsaw Man Chapter 89 here, um, which gives me hope for the series' future. Um, having defeated uh, all of Makima's hybrids with ease, it would appear that as if Denji has finally won. And in Chapter Man, Chainsaw Man, Chapter 89, I'm sorry, opens it with a bit of, um, you know, of of a sour note. Because as both Makima and Denji, Denji in his devil form, by the way, watch uh, Kobeni get a perfect on the dance machine. It's a strange sight. Uh, but not that one is protect- particularly unusual in the tapestry of Tats- uh, Tatsuki's Fujimoto series. Um, Makuma asks Denji the very logical question as to why he refuses to eat her, and which is the reason why she's not been erased from existence. You know, presumably this is because Pochita knows that Denji loves her. He probably, you know, he's probably the one in control when Denji is in his devil form. But but this is never answered. Who knows if it will ever will be answered, but... And this Chainsaw Man Chapter 89 kind of promptly informs us that Makuma's seemingly... You know, informs us about her her seemingly final victory. You know, and as it turns out, the process of letting Denji harass Kobeni was all part of Makuma's plan. By interacting with the devil, Kobeni's fear of the titular character has weakened. You know, given that much power... You know, given that the power of devils is concurrent to how much they are they are feared you know think about how powerful the gun devil was right Th- this kind of leads to Dendi's power weakening and his defeat at the end of chainsaw man chapter 89 um but it's not only just due to kobeni um nor is this just about the particular set of events at hand rather it turns out that the whole of chainsaw man was a part of Makima's grand plan. And by having Denji defeat powerful devils and save the day, no matter the collateral damage, the fear of Chainsaw Man has become less widespread. And in fact, he has come to revere it as a hero, especially as the mass media gets on board. Um, the development of Chainsaw Man Chapter 89 is a genius for a number of reasons. But first of all, it recasts all of the events in the series this far in a whole different light, and even more so than in previous plot twists that we had in the series. Um, it brings the meaning of Tatsuki Fujimoto's series to the forefront, revealing that it may have all been worth something, you know, after all. You know, ever since um, Tatsuki Fujimoto's debut, um, he's been obsessed with the idea of a hero, what it means to be a hero. Um, perhaps it has to do something with growing up in an era dominated by them. You know, the author is not much, not that much older than myself, I believe, or around the same similar age. Um, so he would have been reading Jump in the era of Naruto and Bleach. Um, but no matter, because Fire Punch was all about being cast as a hero, you know, being forced to play the, that role for the sake of others. You know, and that much is obvious from the movie metaphor threaded throughout Chainsaw Man. You know, on the other hand, appears to be about the idea of a shonen hero and what it means to be one. 
as well as how shallow they may really be. Uh, it's by no accident that Chainsaw Man Chapter 89 features crowds of people chanting the titular main character's name in much the same way as My Hero Academia did at the end of the Kamino incident. You know, Fujimoto is very media literate, drawing on many different sources for inspiration. Um, and in this sense, he's making a direct reference to something that the reader will be ultimately familiar with to make the point, you know, to make his point. And sometimes being a hero isn't all that cracked up to be. Um, of course, much of the meaning of Chainsaw Man will be decided upon its ending. So we shouldn't dwell too much on chapter 89, too much. But nevertheless, it is a fantastic entry and then fantastic series such as this. And that has me confident that it will keep can and it can keep going for a while yet. Um, but you can read you can read um, Jujutsu Kaisen chapter 126, A Gravity Boys chapter 40, and Chainsaw Man chapter 89, and many more chapters um, on the Viz Media Shonen Jump app. Um, but thank you, thank you so much for joining me um, and listening to me talk about Akira Toriyama's first big hit. Um, Dr. Slump, and also for joining and sticking around with me to listen to um, a very three very good chapters this week in Weekly Shonen Jump that hit really, really hard. Um, especially that um, Chainsaw Man. I like it to this day. I still think Makima is right now the greatest uh, Shonen Jump villain that they have in the roster right now, um, easily. And it's one of the greater. It's my favorite series in the in the magazine in Weekly Shonen Jump right now. Jujutsu Kaisen's up there. Gravity Boys, you know, hasn't been really hit or miss for me. Um, My Hero Academia is doing all right for me. But Chainsaw Man's been really up and above. It's been better than the One Pieces. It's been better than Jujutsu Kaisen so far. Um, It's really been the pinnacle of what a very good shonen series that really does reflect back on its own genre and its own medium. 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 Like, and I mean, like, by its manga. And, and the authors, for being so young, is so self-aware of of other manga and what it means, and with the hero motif, um, and just subverting different themes that we would normally see in Weekly Shonen Jump and its titles in the roster. So um, I could talk all day about Chainsaw Man. I've done it. I've talked about it so many times on these weekly manga corners. I'm gonna have to just dedicate one episode wholly on it and just review it, what I think about it, give it a score, all that good stuff. Um, but that's it for me. Um, I don't want to guys, I don't want to keep you guys too long on this, on this lovely Friday. Make sure you guys go out, um, get some fresh air, get some light exercise, get some water in you. Um, and if you find some time, get some work done, watch some anime, read some manga, enjoy life, say hi to that friend that you haven't said hi to a few weeks, you know, you know, make it makes you feel good. Make them feel good. Be good to yourself. Um, this is your boy. A.K. Chris, A.K. C-Dub, A.K. Maury, A.K. The Independent Variable, A.K. The Man That Has To um, Get Something For Some, Need Some Food. Man, what you guys think, McDonald's? All right, all right I got to get out of here. You guys have a lovely weekend. Have a good, lovely rest of the day. Have a good weekend. I'll see you guys next week with some more anime and manga goodness. Um, I'm out of here. See you.